Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Wonderful. I'm going to share a message. Also, just a, a special welcome to all the families that have come for uh, the families and the people that are dedicating their babies. So good to have you this morning. You know, I love this idea. This year, Pastor Matt last week spoke uh, around Vision Sundays. The themes for this year is family, spiritual inheritance, and legacy. You know, these are exciting themes because I believe God wants to do something this year, and I want to share a message that says, entitled, What Happens When We're in One Accord? You know, I love this idea because really uh, these, these themes were what I believe was the, the founda- foundation of the early church. And we read in Acts chapter 2, and if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 2 this morning. And we read that these, these characteristics, these themes surrounded the early church in Acts chapter 2, It gives us the account of the birth of the early church through the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And we here as Pentecostals gather to celebrate the birth of the church through the work of the Holy Spirit. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, I love this because really when we read this passage, we need to understand that the early church was characterized by, by a few really important themes and, and a, few, a few really important factors. And firstly, they were characterized by the power of God. And secondly, this morning, they were characterized by a deep sense of unity, a deep sense of oneness. See, God poured out His Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost Firstly, because he chose to, he designed it, he purposed it by his sovereignty. But secondly, I believe that he poured out his Holy Spirit because they were all gathered in one accord, in oneness, in unity. You know, the truth is we can be in one place, in the one place, but not be in one accord. We can even gather this morning, be in the one place, but not be in unity together. And I want to look at this this morning. You know, what does it mean to be in one accord? Well, it means to be in one mind, moving in one direction with one united purpose. If I just scroll down to the end of that chapter, it says in verse 41 of Acts chapter 2, those who believed the word that day, numbered 3,000, can you imagine that in one moment, by the move of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people were added to the church in an instant. They were all baptized and added to the church. Verse 42, every believer was fully devoted to follow the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers were in fellowship as one body, And they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute to the proceeds to those who were in need among them. 
Daily they met together in the temple courts in, and in one another's house to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. What, a, what an amazing birth of the early church. Isn't that right? As they came together, they saw the Holy Spirit poured out. And these are the things that followed. God birthed the church, but He also blessed the church. They started to grow together. They started to, every day it says, uh, that, that, that numbers were added to them daily, those that were coming out of darkness into light. See, if we want the blessing of the early church, then we need to take on the char characteristics and the heart of the early church. And I believe one of the characteristics, as I've mentioned, of the early church was this sense of family. This sense of unity, not, not a dysfunctional family, not a picture of, of a, maybe what we've got in our mind where we understand our experience of family, but a family as God designed it, a family as God purposed it, a strong and a healthy family. Can I get an amen this morning? They were devoted to one another. They shared with one another, it says. They came together regularly every day. They prayed together. They worshipped together. They shared communion together. They cared for one another. They were in unity with each other. Their hearts were mutually linked. I love it how it says that. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. See, this is a picture of a healthy church. This is a picture of people who understand that we are family and we are better together. Can I get an amen this morning? You know, the Bible speaks a lot about this subject. In fact, two-thirds of all of the commands that are given in the New Testament ends with the statement, one another. Two-thirds of all the commands from the Apostle Paul, from Jesus himself, end in this statement, one another. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Lift each other up. Care for one another. Walk with one another. Comfort one another, all these different things, serve one another, teach one another, all these different statements. I wonder why there is so much focus on this idea of one another. I believe it's two reasons. Firstly, because it takes effort and it takes commitment to walk in one anotherness. I don't even know if that's a real word, but I just made it up. One anotherness. Turn to your neighbor and say one anotherness. Well done if you uh, were able to say that. It takes a real commitment, doesn't it, church? You know, let's think about this, this picture of family that we have. You know, it doesn't take too long as you grow up, you realize you're going to see things differently. You're going to have disagreements. And it takes a commitment and a real effort to walk in unity with each other. But not only that, I believe that there is a second reason. The second reason why I believe that the Bible speaks so much about this subject is because I believe there is a great blessing when we walk together. There is a great blessing that is available for us if we not only gather to the one place, but if we come in one accord, then God's promise is that He will pour out His blessing. Psalm 133, many of us would know this chapter in the Bible. It says, how wonderful and pleasant is it when brothers live together in harmony. 
For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountain of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. See, it takes effort for us to walk in unity, in oneness, in harmony, in togetherness together. But it also, I believe that there is a great blessing when we do it. There is a great blessing when we come together and say, hey, we're not just gathering as a church, but we're going to be united. We're going to understand what it means to walk together. Not just walking together, but living in sweet unity. Or as the Passion Translation puts it, in a heavenly harmony. See, there is a power when we walk together in unity. There is power when we walk together in agreement. When we come into one place, in one accord, in the presence of Almighty God, He commands His blessing over it and He pours out His power. I don't know if that's what you want this morning. I felt God's presence as we were worshiping together. There is something when we unite our hearts saying, God, we want more. We're believing for more. We're not just going to come and, and play our religious, do our church activities. We're going to come desperate for you, standing in agreement together, saying, God, we believe in a God of the more. We believe in a God that wants to pour out His Spirit, not just on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago, but He wants to continue to pour out His Spirit in our church, to reach out and see people come from darkness into light, those who are lost to be found and to come into relationship with a loving and almighty God. The truth is you only receive the blessing of oneness when you learn how to walk in harmony. I'm going to read some of these passages that I was alluding to. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, it says, As a prisoner of the Lord, Paul writes, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to your divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially to those who may try your patience. Turn to your No, don't turn to your neighbor. <laughs> Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say sweet harmony. There is a sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bond of peace. Being one body and one spirit, as you were called into the same glorious hope of divine de destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, one Father. And He is the perfect Father who leads us in all, works through us all, and lives in us all. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity, with one heart, one passion, and united in love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride, fill opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but be authentic. Humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. This is real stuff, isn't it? Romans chapter 15, verse 5, may God who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other. 
each with the attitude of Christ Jesus towards the other. Then all of you can join together with one voice. Everyone say one voice. Giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus. See, God created us to walk in relationship with each other. He's created us to to be in unity, to be in connection, to be in relationship. And just like any relationship, it takes effort. It takes a commitment for us to understand what it means to walk in unity. But I love what it says in these uh, translations. It doesn't just say unity. It says the word harmony. See, we can only join together in one voice, as it says here, when we are living and walking in complete harmony. See, the best way that I can explain to you this power of harmony is if I explain it from a musical point of view. For those that would, would know, I'm, I'm the worship pastor here at the church, and so I've spent a lot of times and, and, and you know, spent many times myself learning how to sing, teaching others to sing. And one of my passions is this area of singing, and particularly one of the things that I get asked to teach often when I, I might go and travel to another church, might spend time with, with our team, and I would say, what do you need some training on? There's a lot of different things. But the number one thing is not how to sing in tune. It's not how to sing and hit those high notes that Jesse can hit, Nael can hit. It's not uh, even some of those low notes that Nael and Jesse can't hit, but I can hit. It's not how to sing with confidence. It's not how to sing, you know, all these different ways. The number one thing I get asked to teach on is how to harmonize, how to sing those harmonies. Some people can't, under, I'll sing for you in a sec, Pastor Dave. I know it's, uh, you know, just, just here to please you. Um, we are going to have a sing-along because I think that's the best way to teach this idea of walking in harmony. See, there's a different aspect when we understand God actually gave us music. I, I think God's a musician and God gave us music so that we can learn some life lessons about different things. He gives us nature so we can learn these lessons. And I can preach so many different illustrations around this subject, but I want to preach something that is close to my heart in the area of worship and singing. See, harmony, the definition is a combination of unique notes that are in relationship with each other, which together form an agreement of compatible sound. Everyone got that? Everyone just, for some people, they just, whew, that just went over my head. Otherwise, it's a group of typically three or more notes that come together in relationship to form something greater, otherwise known as a chord. And so we understand that when we get this picture, not just of unity, but understand that we are called to walk in harmony, it's when we come together, normally two or three, I think there's a Bible verse in there, two or three are gathered, then we come together for a greater purpose, for a greater sound, for a greater, to be able to achieve something greater for God's glory. Can I get an amen this morning? I'm going to invite the the singers to come back up on stage. I'm going to just make it practical. If you, if you re- remember nothing from this morning, you'll remember that we sang some more songs. I want to give this illustration because the Bible speaks a lot about this. If you can read through Ephesians chapter 4, you can speak about the body in different parts. You can read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It speaks about the different parts. We are members of the body, and it speaks about each member knowing its different role. And we think sometimes walking 
together means that, uh, you know, we are meant to be uh, uniform. So there's these different ideas. I, I want to wonder if, Jason, Josh, if we can actually uh, just, <laughs> not Jason, Josh, um, if we can play that song that we sang a little bit earlier. And firstly, some people have this idea that, that you know, their relationship with God is just a personal, just between me and God. It's like a solo thing. I'm going to ask uh, Bronte if you can just give us the first verse. Just in case people don't understand what solo is, this is what a solo is. Just one person singing by themselves. Go, Bronte. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I sounded amazing. Some people think, you know what, I can just find fulfillment in just walking my relationship with God just one-on-one. I don't need to come to church. I don't need to be gathered together. But see, God called us to be in connection, in relationship with each other. So because you can imagine that, that Bronte's wonderful, beautiful voice added to the chorus of singers brings so much more strength and power to this statement of walking in unity. And we're going to sing in unison. So let's sing that again, not just one voice, but many voices connected together, yeah, in unison. Let's do it. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. So we've just gone from a, a single solo person singer to now a people in unity, in unison. But there's actually something the Bible speaks. It's not actually about unison. It's actually about harmony. And there's something about harmony when you understand that we don't have to be all exactly the same thing. But when we come together with strength, we actually complement each other. See, harmony is something even more than just unity. Harmony is that every person, every note working together for a greater purpose. And so when we come together in harmony, we understand that what can I do to compliment you? What can I do that's going to lift you up, going to add? We're going to walk in step. We're going to walk in rhythm. But there is a greater purpose. We can achieve something greater. Because if I just sing by myself, off in the corner, Bronte sings by herself somewhere else, Jesse sings somewhere else. It's not as powerful as when we come together, not just in unison, but in harmony. We're going to sing that verse one more. In fact, the second verse. Is that all right? And then we're going to, when we get to the chorus, we're going to add in the harmonies. And you'll see that the song lifts, and you can join in with us if you want. But why don't we uh, sing this verse? This is my daily bread. Firstly, in unison. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. Come on, let's bring. 
bring in the harmonies. notice the lift? Did you notice the difference? I mean, solo singers, there's, there's something nice about that when someone can sing well like Bronte can. And there's something even uh, greater when we can actually come together in unison and there's the strength of multiple voices together. But there is another level, in my opinion, when we step into the realm of harmonies, when we understand that each person has their part to play. Renee was singing a particular part. Stacy was singing a different part. And, and we were just all combining together, understanding that when we walk in harmony together, we can take something simple and lift it to another level. Because there is a great blessing, I believe, when we walk together in harmony. You know, just like a singer, I believe it takes great practice. It takes great commitment. You know, a couple of keys that I'll give you, uh, these guys would know this. But when you, if you want to be a great harmony singer, there's a few things that you really need to learn and, and keys to becoming a great harmony singer. The first thing, you need to be a great listener. You need to be a great observer. You need to be able to observe others above yourself. Because you're not going to blend with other people if you don't notice when there's disagreements, there's things maybe just not together. You need to be a great observer. You need to be able to listen and hear not just what you're doing, but what other people are doing. You need to understand that you have a part to play that's a very important part. You are not just a, a soloist, a lone ranger. You are a part of a team. And you understand not only do you have a part to play, but your part is so very important. It only takes one of us to break down in our roles, in our parts, that it starts to change the overall sound, doesn't it? It only takes one band member to start to play a little bit differently. We've got Rod on the drums. In fact, I wonder if the band can join us this morning. It only takes a one band member and Rod just thinks, I don't want to play like this this morning. You know, and this is sort of what we have to deal with most weeks with Rod. Just, just, just keep it under wraps, Rod. Just, just rein it back in. You know, we don't want to just offend people. You know, we want to just, just play a little bit softer. Um, I know some of you guys don't think that they're, they're the conversations I'm having, but like literally every week, come on, Rod, please, just be, be kind to people. Um, uh, we love you, Rod. You're amazing. It only takes one band member to think, I'm going to play in a different rhythm, play in a different way that starts to throw the whole team completely out. See, it's not just when we come into agreement, it's not just about the destiny. It's about walking in rhythm with each other. It's not just about the end goal and we'll get there one day. It's actually learning that to, to really walk in agreement is to walk in rhythm with each other. See, I've seen great solo out artists, great musicians, great singers. 
Uh, but sometimes great solo artists are not actually that great with working in a band, working in a team. They don't understand what it means to blend. They, they, they sort of sing so powerfully and, and out there that, that they don't understand at times I need to pull back a little bit so that I compliment and lift the other person up. Uh, some people that are playing and they might be just playing their lead lines and they're, they're shredding on the guitar like Brandy does, doesn't understand that, hey, there's moments that are appropriate for, my, for me to step out. And there's moments for me just to simply compliment and lift other people up. You know, uh, the reason why we can sing like we could sing was not just the fact that we could sing in tune, not even the, the fact that we could sing in harmony, but also we were receiving a rhythm. We were receiving a rhythm. You know, life has a rhythm. You know, God has a rhythm. You know, there's a pulse. There's a rhythm in the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a flow in God. And we need to learn how to walk in a rhythm. You know, I don't have to worry about, am I walking with rhythm with Jesse if I understand I'm walking in a rhythm with, with Josh, which actually he's getting his rhythm from something else, which is actually called a click machine. And it's giving us a tempo, all right? I'm revealing all the secrets this morning. We take a lot of time to make sure that we are singing and playing in rhythm, not just in key. You know, you can know the song. You can know the words. You can even look the part. But if you do not understand how to walk in rhythm with other people, then you are not going to be a great musician and you're not going to be a great singer. That's the truth. The same applies when we walk in life. It's not just about the destiny. It's not just about, you know, how I, you know where I'm going. One day we're going to be in heaven with Jesus, which is awesome. It's actually understanding if we're going to receive the blessing of oneness, we need to understand what it means to walk in harmony and in rhythm, church. It starts by rocking up, gathering. You know, the Bible tells us, tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing, some people believe that, that it's okay, that they can just hang out with themselves. You know, I'm going to put on just a little bit of worship music in my lounge room, and that's good enough for, for me to do church. Let me tell you, that is a great place to start in your devotion walk with God. But we need to understand there is a unity, there is a harmony, there's a rhythm when we come together to support one another, to live together, because God says, I want to pour out my blessing. Let's not pull away and neglect meeting together. As some are formed in the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onwards as we anticipate the day dawning. You know, Jesus is returning and He wants to return to a strong, healthy church, a church that is living out of strength in unity in harmony and rhythm with each other. And this morning, I know I'm laboring the point, but we need to understand it takes effort. It takes intentionality. It takes humbling ourselves and saying, even if I don't agree with your viewpoint, it's not going to make us walk in different rhythm. See, when we... When we're living in one accord, church, our differences no longer matter. Doesn't mean we won't have differences. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let me encourage you to read some of these passages in your own time. It speaks about, you know, there is, there is some that are called to be the eye, others that are called to, to be the arm or the finger. Could you imagine just seeing just one part of a body just walking around, just like you just see just the finger, just walking along? It'd be, that's a little bit strange. I haven't seen that before, just... You know, 
we're actually called to function as a body. And we're not all called to function in the same way. And it sometimes means we might have a difference of opinion. And the Bible tells us that that's actually okay. Because it's our commitment to unity. It's our commitment to harmony that is the most important thing. You know, it takes effort for us to walk in one accord. But when we are living in one accord, offense doesn't have any space to breathe. See, we don't let our opinions get in the way of unity. We look for opportunities to lift one another up. I wonder this week whether we've got an opportunity for us to think, I I wonder how I can lift someone else up this week. Do we notice when people aren't around at church? Do we notice when someone's going through a hard time? Maybe they're here at church, but you know they're not really here at church. They're going through something. They're struggling. They don't need you to come and say, come on, how come you're not praising loud enough? They might need you to actually say, hey, I noticed. I care enough to say something. Maybe lifting someone up this week looks like sending a text message or a a card. Do people still do that these days? Write a letter, a card. Maybe it's just jumping on the phone, just saying, hey, there's no other purpose than just I'm thinking of you this week. I wonder if we could commit ourselves to growing in how we do life, how we do harmony, how we walk in rhythm together. I believe that God would bless us. I believe that God would bless our church even more. See, people aren't competing and comparing when we walk in one accord. See, when we compare, we start to look and rate ourselves based on, oh, what the person's got, what the person hasn't got. But when we come together in harmony and rhythm, we don't start to compare or compete. We understand that we are here to lift each other up. We celebrate others and we cheer each other on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking some of this on personally. I want to be the person that's sitting in church cheering whoever's up leading or, or, or giving the offering or preaching. I want to be the person that's cheering them on because I believe that, that we are better when we cheer each other on, right? I wonder what that could look like as you say, I'm going to make a commitment to, to cheer someone else on this, this year. You see someone serving in church. You say, you're doing a wonderful job. They're like, whoa, someone noticed. Cheer someone on this year. Make a commitment to be in relationship. Pastor Nathan said it. We've spoken about it the last couple of weeks. We have got connect groups. We've got great department meetings. We've got opportunities for you to to, to come, not just on a Sunday, but start to do life with other people, to cheer them on, to not just, you know, some people come and say, I didn't get much out of that. Stop thinking that way. It's not about what you get out of something. It's about what you give to something. It's what you can actually invest into something and say, I'm going to be a person that's going to make a decision this year. It's not going to be be about me. It's going to be about others. It's going to be about cheering them on. And I believe that we see an open heaven over our lives and over our church when we're in one accord. And we see the power of God fall like the day of Pentecost. I'm going to finish on this verse. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, says, Truly I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. You know, that word agreement comes from the root word that, that, Symphonio, which actually is where we get our English word symphony. 
You see how it's all connected here today, church? When we are walking in harmony, when we understand we're a part of something bigger, we are a part of the symphony of heaven. When we say we are going to stand in agreement, we're going to stand in unity, we're going to stand in oneness, not just in the way that we walk and the way that we live, it starts there, but in our prayers, in our belief, in our faith. You know, when we gather together and pray together, I believe then when we agree in our prayers and purpose, we harmonize in faith. We create this symphony of sound. It might be complex, it might be grand, it might be great, but, but we, we find this symphony even in the complexity. We understand that we are held in harmonious relationship. See, when we stand in agreement with each other, then we can bind and loose anything Jesus says on earth and it will be done for us in heaven by our Father. What are you believing for this year, church? What are you believing for in your families this year? What are you believing for in in your life, in your walk with God? Can we agree together? Can we stand together? You know, Pastor Matt last Sunday night spoke about the things that he prays for, for this church. And I wonder if we can stand in agreement. In fact, I loved it. I saw Mary as I walked in this morning and she had these prayer cards for the prayer team. And by the way, you can join their prayer team. They meet in the back lounge around about half an hour before the service. And she'd written out those 12 things that Pastor Matt had spoken about last year because she wants to walk in agreement. She says, you know what, if that's in our senior pastor's heart, then I want, I want it to be in my heart. I want to stand and believe. And these are the things I'm going to remind you of it again this morning. A worshiping church. We want to be a church of worshipers. Twelve things that, that we need to pray for this year. A spirit-led church, amen. A soul-winning church. A hungry church. A growing church. A full church. We're getting there a young at heart church, a united church, a connected church, a happy church, a resourced church and an international church. Can we believe for that together this morning? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.